0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me again today for another episode of the NHS 100K podcast. Uh, I'm going to stop saying what episode it is because I always get it wrong. Even though I'm here every single time, I completely get it wrong. Um, So I don't want you thinking we don't run a tight ship here because it's generally only me running it. So I will um, have a word with myself in the mirror later. But we've got a really good guest today, a bit different than what we normally have on, which is great because I've been trying to get a a nice um, different amount of guests, really, just so we can get have different conversations with different people so i've got sarah dawkins who is a holistic health coach and she's um she's going to tell us about her journey and how she's got to where she's at today which is great and as usual i'm going to stop chatting and i'm going to kick it over to sarah welcome to the show thanks for coming
1: thanks for the invite matt it's a pleasure to be here Um, and i hope my my own journey helps other people too And so i started life um I started my my professional career as a nurse and um, I was a registered nurse for 20 years. But during that time, um, I suffered um, a depression which became suicidal. And obviously, um, I looked for natural healing, but the doctors just wanted to give me antidepressants and sleeping tablets. I um, didn't want to, t- to take those because I'd taken them previously when my son was born for a postnatal depression. And I didn't feel that they they actually helped me at that time. So um, I walked out of the doctor's office saying, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I really don't. Uh, but I know I'm going to heal this myself, but I'm not going to take tablets. Um, and I just wallowed in a, in a dark abyss for a long, long time. Um, but we had dogs. So every day I had to go out and walk the dogs. Um, and actually, the, the fresh air and the sunshine and the blue sky, because it was spring, I started to notice that the trees were in bud and the, the birds were singing. So I realized now looking back, I was actually becoming mindful, but I didn't know what it was at the time. And then I started practicing gratitude. You know, so, oh, uh, what a beautiful day to be alive. You know, I'm so glad I actually didn't end my life because there's so much beauty around me in nature. Um, plus, I have my family and my dogs. Um, and then as I started to feel a little better, I started to do some guided meditations. There's lots and lots on the internet. So it's a case of finding what you want to um, be guided with and whose voice you like and just listen. And you can do five minutes or half an hour or an hour. So I started to, to, to find meditations just to help me to feel better about myself um, and reduce the symptoms that I was having. And then I started to to look at... Well, dare I even think that I could be happy in the future? Um, So, you know, started looking at guided meditations for happiness um, just to live a happy life. But all the time with everything that I was doing combined, I'd really started to lift myself right out of a depression. Um, And that's when I decided to leave my job and set up a business by myself. So I'd healed a long way. Through physical healing, I'd I'd started improving my diet um, and I was exercising through the walking. And then my friends started taking me to a gym once a week. But I wasn't doing any other healing. It was literally just a a little bit of emotional healing through the the practicing gratitude and being mindful and and a lot of physical healing. Um, So as my journey progressed, I set up my own business because I wasn't quite sure what I needed to do. But I was still a registered nurse. so I was doing nursing things in my business. I won a couple of um, awards as um, an entrepreneur, as a nurse, um, but it wasn't. Although I was like veering off down a different path, it wasn't the path that I was. It wasn't fulfilling me. Although I was winning awards and making money, it wasn't really making me feel that you know this is this is really the right thing to do. Um, so I started writing about my healing journey in, in on my on my laptop. I'm like, well, I, you know. I've healed this without uh, pharmaceuticals, so i I wonder if I can help other people. So I started writing how I'd done it, what I'd done um, and I thought this is really this is really going to help people. Um, but then at, at about ten thousand words, I stopped and I'm like, well, it's just me and my depression, so or should I should have say the depression I had it's we don't need to own any disease processes. So it's like well how's that going to help lots of people it will help some who are who are suffering depression but maybe not others so I wasn't quite sure how to progress my books I put it on my laptop and I literally left it for 5 years and just kept wow. concentrating on my business because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do I was kind of stuck in a, in limbo I, I knew I didn't want to be a nurse in a hospital but I also knew I didn't being a businesswoman wasn't quite you know, with the awards and 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 I wasn't into coaching at that time. Uh I was doing other things. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't quite where I wanted to go. So I was stuck in limbo, so I just continued in this in this situation for a few years. And then one day I just woke up. I'm like, that's it. My book's gonna be about me and as many people as I can get on board. So I reached out to people all over the world and said, I'm writing this book, it's about natural self-healing. Has anybody healed themselves? And a few people came forwards. And then I started reaching out to other people. Have you healed yourself uh, from anything? What have you done? How have you done it? Do you want to support me with my book to help other people? By the way, I can't pay you, but, you know, you can put your own details so people can find you if they resonate with your story or if they want extra help. 74 stories plus my own are in my book, Heal Yourself. Um, So I collated all of that, um, and it's people have healed from things doctors said we can't, from autoimmune conditions, a whole range of autoimmune, from mental health, from multiple sclerosis, from ALS, or as we call it, uh, motor neuron disease. Um, So, so many different uh, allergies, asthma, eczema, um, so many different healing journeys, just to prove, Um, and the rationale was for me, to prove that we can heal ourselves and these people have all healed these diseases Um, and as um, Dr. Joe Dispenza says all it takes for somebody to change a limiting belief is to see one person who's done it so I've tried to get two or more people who've healed a disease process so you can't just go well that's a fluke it's only one person you know it's like so here's two people that have healed ALS, which is a motor neurone. Here's four people that have healed multiple sclerosis, just to prove that we can actually do it. And everybody's done something just a little bit different. Um, and they've all written about what they've done and how they've done it, purely with the same idea as myself to help other people to heal themselves. And I feel this is the, the way that we're moving now. We're moving away from medicine into taking that responsibility back for ourselves. So, um, Uh, to understand that we can heal ourselves and tap into our own body wisdom to to work with our body and and look at why did we manifest these symptoms? Because I'm not a lover of... Some people like a name uh, for a disease process so they can hang on to it and and it gives them more understanding. I prefer to look at symptoms. What symptoms am I manifesting? What symptoms do I have? What is my body trying to tell me through these symptoms and it's about working with your symptoms to find out what the message is and it's up to us to actually decipher what that message is and it it, it could be a whole different range of messages but we need to decipher that by tapping into our own body wisdom and we can only do that through sitting quietly doing a bit of meditation doing some introspection understanding our whole belief system how our lives have panned out but also, we do need to take a little look back at our, our younger years and look at how they've impacted our lives now because quite often our belief systems are borrowed from our parents because we take it all on board as children um, and we have we tend to have those same beliefs until we become conscious of a belief and we say, Well, why do I believe that? You know, is that belief still relevant today? Is it still working for me today? And that's when we look at well, actually, maybe it isn't, you know. Maybe I could, you know, with reading around, doing some research, talking to other people, maybe that belief doesn't support me now. But and you know what? It's okay to change a belief, and it's okay to change it again. It's about finding what's works for us, um, for ourselves, and finding out who we are, because a lot of us are people pleasers, and in pleasing people we actually cause conflict in ourselves because we're saying yes to others and at the same time we're saying no to us. So it's about, you know, tapping into that body wisdom and finding out who we truly are and then being that true authentic self and honoring ourselves. You know, it's okay to say, actually, I'm choosing me at this minute and I can't do that. Or, or, no, that's not going to happen. Or, yes, I can do that, but not right now, it's sometime in the future. So setting boundaries boundaries is incredibly important for us as part of our healing journey. Because as I alluded to earlier, um, I'd done the physical. I started eating better. Um, and I'd done some emotional through practicing gratitude, although I didn't realize it at the time. But I hadn't tapped into the emotional um and the mental and the spiritual aspects of healing and we need to look at all of it for true healing to really happen um but a lot of us think well if, you know if I just eat more kale and drink more water that's it right i can i can heal but actually no there's a lot lot more to it i mean even the physical encompasses things like understanding how we breathe because it's not we just take it for granted that we just breathe, we don't need to think about it. But when we sit and think about how we breathe in, quite often it's in the top half of our chest here, and we're not expanding our lung bases. And when we breathe deeply, we actually calm all our nervous system down so by by sitting and taking the time just to do say five minutes of, of simple deep breathing exercises it has a massive beneficial effect it's called the relaxation response and it has a really beneficial effect on health and and that's something that we can incorporate into our lives at any point in any day literally even if it's only a minute just sitting down and tapping in and, and being conscious of how we're breathing
0: well let me just jump in straight away there okay because um it's it's interesting you say this because if you just spoke to me about this sort of stuff probably about three years ago i would have rolled you a reefer given it to you and put a daisy in your hair and been like right, let's, uh, you know but having because i was asleep back then if you will um to, to the you know this sort of side of things but but part of the journey of reading and researching and looking into other bits and pieces, I completely agree with all the things that you're saying now with the spirituality and, and the way you, you, you deal with your emotions and, and how that can have a, a negative impact and a positive uh, impact on you and all those around you. But so let's just backtrack a quick, because I've just been taking notes while you've been speaking. And this okay. is all brilliant sort of stuff, because we, we need to start um, telling people that actually, looking after yourself ain't that hard. You just need to give yourself some time yeah. to do it, like you would do anything. That and you need to allocated. yes uh, oh yeah 100 100 so g- just go back to when you were a nurse then um uh, was it was it adult nursing that you were doing at the time yeah, i was
1: a critical care nurse i worked oh, wow, in okay. um i so i started life in um, cardiothoracics Yep. hearts and lungs for those that don't know and then i moved on to recovery so i stayed within cardiothoracics but actually rotated round all the recovery areas so i covered virtually every every um theater within the hospital i worked in
0: brilliant so you would have been um privy to the douchebag surgeons the douchebag doctors and all the douchebagginess that's involved in all that sort of stuff you can say it I'm not in the NHS no more so I can say all this stuff so it's brilliant um so what's what was it what was it that made you want to come out of nursing
1: I joined nursing because I truly care for people and I really wanted to help people but a few years and and my mum was a nurse so I was brought up in the medical model you know when you're sick you go to the doctors so when i did my nurse training you know it, there was no surprises it was as i thought it would be and it was um we we left england and went to live in america um when i've been trained for about 4 years and um, somebody over there put a little um just sort of mentioned something into my ear uh, outside of the medical model for healing, um, looking at, at a different way of looking at it. I'm like, well, I've got to look it up because I'm going to remain open-minded, but, um, but you know, I think you're a bit weird. <laughs> so, but that actually started my journey back in 2005 into looking at natural self-healing So it was from there, you know, once I started realising that we can heal ourselves, I reflected it back to my practice as a nurse. So I'm like, we're not really looking for the root cause of disease. We're giving a pill to uh, resolve a symptom or we're cutting parts out of people and and joining other bits together. Um, And we're not looking at why did they become sick in the first place? You know, and, and just eating butter isn't really the reason that they came sick. And just cutting butter out of the diet won't really make them better. Um, And that's how I started looking into holistic healing, because that one person put that notion in my head that actually there's things outside of the medical model.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's important that people realise that because like a hundred, a hundred, the last two years can show that, especially when it was all just stay in the house, don't do anything. Yes. Wait for the jab, and then you'll be fine. There was nothing to do with holistic care, how to prevent yourself from getting poorly. You know, boost immune be,
1: system. Exactly.
0: Yeah. You know, things to help improve your state of mind. Uh, it was all just fear, um, which obviously, as you know, has a negative impact on your immune system yeah. because of the yeah. stresses and everything else. Uh, it's almost like they knew that, um, which almost. it's you know, which makes you wonder, doesn't it? When you when you start looking back and see when the pharmaceutical medical behemoth kind of started what did people do before then um and you know you speak to i spoke to an old lady once and she told me her mother when they were poorly would go down to see the other old lady down the road and get some form of broth or some sort of you know potion you'd pay her in food or pies or whatever it was and then you drink it and then that was it you know and you'd get on with it so there was no tablets Uh, there were doctors but it wasn't like you know um okay so what, uh, what I found interesting is um, I'll just talk briefly kick on. I can't meditate, right? And I don't know whether it's because I struggle. People, people people who know me will know that I can't sit still for more than three seconds at a time. And I've tried um, meditating and I, I can sit there and think of things, and but my brain always goes somewhere else. This is why I tried to do martial arts, just to try and channel it in, in that way. <clears throat> and I know lots of people that have that same problem. It's not that they don't want to meditate. Uh, I think it's just, it's quite a daunting thing um, from people that aren't experienced in it or, or coming into it. Um, but um, so what advice would you give real quick to people that would look, sort of dip in their toe in the meditation pond, how to kind of get started with it? The breathing thing was great. I, I really quite like that. Um, Cause I know a lot of people breathe with their chest. If you breathe from your tummy and all that kind of stuff, but if you were met someone in the street and they said, "Oh, look, I'm just trying to think about meditating, but I can't." What what advice would you give them um, initially to try and kind of dip their toe in?
1: So I had the same problem. I couldn't quiet my mind when I first started. I sat there and like my mind's just racing, 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 and that's why I went into guided meditation. So choose a meditation, a guided meditation off the internet. There's lots there, and choose any subject you want: anxiety, depression, feeling good. Um, entrepreneurial stuff whatever you want there's meditations there from five minutes to half an hour to an hour so pick your time frame pick what you want to meditate on and and the guided meditation literally is you're listening to the words people are taking you on a journey through the meditation so so your mind's quiet because you're listening to the words and you're building the pictures of what they're telling you to build the pictures of so that's one way guided meditation Uh, another way is you don't have to sit So I walk our dog twice a day and I do a walking meditation. So all it is, is I'm becoming conscious what's around me. You know, so I'm just looking, I'm listening to the wind, I'm listening to the birds, I'm looking at the flowers, looking at the weeds, um, and I'm smelling the aromas from, we've got some beautiful fennel growing wild here in Spain and it smells amazing. So just hone in to what you can see, smell, feel, um, you know, use your five senses and just be with it as you're walking so that's another way to meditate um and the breathing is a great meditation on its own even if it's only one minute just to breathe and and be be conscious and focusing on your breath and feel it coming into your body and feel it coming down into the bases of your lungs and then feel it coming out and listen to the noise it makes so just being conscious meditation is literally just being in that moment So if you're in the moment in everything you're doing, it's a kind of a meditation, you know, and just use your senses.
0: So there's quite a big okay. That's interesting because there's there's a bit of not a bad stigma, but there's a stigma around meditation that you need to kind of be sat there, quiet, cushions, yoga pants, you know, and you have really got to kind of you know get into it. But it's interesting you say about the whole walking around. So people could be subconsciously meditating anyway just yeah. by sort of taking because I've never heard of walking meditation so that's an interesting there you go kids we've learned something today um so I appreciate that so that's that's good because some people especially those that have children and work in the NHS or outside the NHS don't have time to just sit and think about you know yeah. otherwise they wouldn't be in the situations that they're in And in an ideal world we'd all be sitting there drinking chai tea meditating for hours and you know talking about the ether and uh, and 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 everything else um, but that's, that's brilliant. I appreciate that. Guided meditation. Um, so when you, so you came out of nursing and then you, you started looking into the healing side of things, what's, what was there an epiphany on your journey initially at the beginning that made you think, right, this is, this is, this is where I want to get at, because obviously you went straight into your entrepreneurialism, which obviously that doesn't all fall into people's laps. So can you just tell us like a little bit more about that aspect of things?
1: So when I left the NHS, Uh, clearly I needed a job Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, and I I didn't really want to do a lot around hospital nursing because I I joined hospital nursing to to help people and and it wasn't living up to my expectations anymore so I did some agency nursing so I could keep my hand in and my skills up to date because I wasn't sure what I was doing I did some medico-legal work, so I I got claims and I had to go through medical records and pick out, you know, he said, she said, he did, she did, um, and write a report. I also went into clinical training, so I became a nurse trainer and went into, through private companies and went into hospitals, private healthcare establishments to train nurses, doctors, uh, surgeons everybody involved in healthcare, porters, cleaners, in all the mandatory basic training that they have to do every year. And I went all over the UK doing that through different companies. Um, And I'd written, um, previous to that, uh, during my master's, I'd actually written a protocol for nurses to extubate patients in the recovery room without a doctor or anaesthetist there. So that's to take the breathing tube out. Um, because there was no local or national guidelines for nurses to do it it was purely a a doctor-surgeon anaesthetist type of a a role so I wrote a protocol for that and published with uh, intellectual properties so I'd got a few things so there was no one thing and I was writing some nursing articles as well that I'd published in journals so I got my fingers lots of fingers in lots of different pies um, because I wasn't sure what the future held and I just wanted to try and I mean, I was pushing my boundaries coming out of a suicidal depression. You know, first of all, I've got to speak to people and then I've got to go to meetings and I've got to do this training. So it's really pushing my boundaries and trying to expand my boundaries and trying to expand my confidence at the same time by doing all of this. And whilst I did it under the, under my own um, business name, it didn't fulfill me. Even as many different things as I was doing didn't really fulfill me. And I still wasn't sure what I wanted Until I got the idea, I woke up one day and I'm like, I've just got to make this book work and I've just got to get all these people on board. And that's what I wanted to do. And that's when I decided that actually um, I needed to be a coach. So I went and did some coaching training um, and I qualified uh, through an accredited company to become um, an accredited health well master coach. And then I became the holistic health coach. And that was six years ago six seven years ago and it was through that training actually I started my mental emotional and spiritual journey of my own healing because I'd done some healing I was in a much better place but I wasn't totally healed I still had a lot of hang-ups and through that I did a massive amount of healing um, to get me to where I am today And, and that's now why I help others because I've been there I've healed depression, I've healed my thyroid, I've healed my burnt-out adrenals, I've healed eczema, I've healed psoriasis, I've healed um, acid reflux, I've healed two frozen shoulders, severe debilitating headaches, candida, and hip, knee, and
0: shoulder pain. That's better than most doctors. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh, I mean... I think one thing I've kind of noticed with with speaking to all the different people since since doing this um, is when I first started reading into everything, um, and I said this to a friend last night, reading stuff wasn't enough, if you know what I mean. It was like, I need to do more. So uh, the podcast was always there in my mind as a a way of kind of channeling my energy or focusing in it to to an extent, Um, because I had attributes that I thought would be great as in I could talk a lot. And I don't mind talking to people. So, but it was always used against me throughout my career, <laughs> having those kind of attributes. Um, so it's interesting now that I've kind of fobbed that all off uh, and, and focused on this, it's and finally um, those attributes have been, you know, praised Use. a little bit and not in a bad way. Yeah. So, but it's interesting how everybody has sort of the people that I've been speaking to, they've, they've jumped on board with things, but it's taken them a little while to find their message um, or what it is they're trying to convey um and I think that's kind of like what you have to do Is the universe doesn't tell you but it kind of guides you to an extent but you still have to you know walk down the path it's not going to just fall in your lap um so after you found yourself and you started doing all your healings and everything else how difficult did you find it to, to, to go into the coaching side of things I mean obviously you've done the training as a nurse and all that but you're dealing with very different people aren't you
1: yes yes and you wanted to be a coach um when I finally realized what I was doing and <laughs> um, went and did the training. And then and then um, the self-doubt crept in, like, am I really made to be a coach? Because I identify as a nurse. And it took me a long, long time to let go of that identity because I hadn't quite found my true self. It was like, hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a registered nurse. Hmm, and sorry. now it's like, hi, I'm Sarah. I am Sarah. And this is the work that I do, and and we we can get lost in that identity of of who we are based on what we do. Um, so it was the the coaching actually. I, you know, when I when I learned what I was doing and understood and healed that part of me that actually identified with the nurse, I deregistered last year, and I've been thinking about it for a couple of years because I I wasn't really doing any nursing here in Spain. I've done a little bit of private nursing, but. But actually, the nursing that I was doing was more coaching, which you know aligned with what I, where I was going.
0: So, Did you, sorry, but, I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. Did you find that the reason you hung on to the nursing title for so long is because you felt if you weren't a nurse anymore, you would have less credence and less kind of clout to do what you do?
1: Possibly, possibly. Mm. But it was also it was my identity
0: yeah yeah i can relate to that
1: you know when when i worked in america people are like oh my god you're an rn and and they really put me on a pedestal which i didn't want to be there um but in england it's like oh you're a nurse and a lot of people say well i couldn't do that yeah and the the difference in you know i think you get more um more credence in america for being a nurse than, than in the uk but it wasn't it wasn't that 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 i was hanging on to was that that i'm just a nurse i'm you know i'm sarah the nurse
0: yeah you're it, not it, just a nurse though this is what i t- used to tell all my colleagues I'm i just know i'm just a paramedic's like no 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 you're not just anything you have earned your right to be there yeah
1: um,
0: and it was i think when i because i recently left the nhs which um i was and wondering about doing but i i, I have left now completely uh, but it was a big decision for me, especially doing this and trying to fight and and, and shout because I thought if I wasn't a paramedic anymore, you know, no one would listen to me because, oh, you're not even a this and you're not even that. But then I thought, I don't care because I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm getting people on that, that I think know what they're talking about. So it doesn't matter what I do. Um, but but it was that, like you say, that that identity. It was like, I've been a paramedic now for for 13 years um, and I had to go to uni to do that when I was 30 years old. So it's not, it was a difficult, you know, going through the system and, all the BS that you have to go through to get your tickets and everything else and still go through now. Um, it was, it was a decision that I didn't find easy, especially when I didn't have nothing to go to. At least you had like the coaching and, and everything else to go. to. I just, I've got the podcast, which is, which is it. But now I'm so happy since I've left the NHS now, it's, it's completely, you know, it's brilliant. So I'm, I'm always interested in whether anyone else struggled with you just saying you've, you've um, deregistered, if you will. I'm, I'm sort of like this, it's close to doing it. Cause at least I was still a paramedic right now, obviously, but you know, maybe in time, maybe in time.
1: And it took me two years to come to that decision because it, because I was that, ident that was my identity. It's like, well, who am I going to be <laughs>
0: if I'm
1: not a registered nurse? Yeah. Um, and, and it really wasn't for the credence. It was just, I totally built my identity around it. And even though I wasn't doing the job, I was still attached to the the title. I'm a registered nurse. So, but actually, when I did it last year, I thought, oh, I'm going to have a real problem now because I've deregistered. I'm no longer on the register. I'm not a nurse anymore. I'm like, do you know what? It hasn't bothered me. I've just, I thought it was going to be so difficult, but actually it wasn't. And I've never, I haven't looked back. I really
0: haven't. No, well, a similar thing happened to me when I left the forces. So I joined the forces at 16. My mum literally had to sign me over to the military because I was under 18. Um, I joined the army at 16 and a half and left when I was just over 22. And when I left, um, I ha- you have to give a year's notice to leave the military. All right. Yeah. So you have to sign off and give 12 months notice. So you have to be sure lots of things can happen. They promote you and, you know, they do lots of things to dangle the carrot and, you know, it's hard to leave literally really hard. And then you've got all your friends saying, you know, you're going to struggle in civvy street. Why do you want to go and be with all them civvies? Cause they hate civvies. Ugh, weirdly enough, they're there to protect them, but they honestly, the mind, People would have a field there if they knew uh, the, the mindset of, of, of military personnel. So <clears throat> it was it was really difficult. And then you just get dumped back into Civvy Street. No training, no no nothing. You just, there you go, back into Civvy Street, regardless of whether you've been in conflict or not, to get on with things. And it was horrible. It was really, really difficult trying to leave that kind of institution, if you will, and then just integrate back into, into society. So I always look back at that and think nothing's going to be ever as bad as that. Um, but but it's still difficult for people to to do it. But you know, fair play to you though, man, because it's not. I don't think I know lots of people that've been in NHS so long that they can't. They want to leave, but they don't know if they could do anything else, and they they, they just can't fathom being out mm. of that kind of bubble, if you will. But yeah. it is what it is. It is yes. what it is, and hopefully now. And like you've said, there's more people looking into the health side of things. So what when you started doing your coaching, did people start? um so how, how do you go from just go into holistic coaching, if you know what I mean, from, from scratch? Because it's quite a – it just seems quite a difficult thing to do.
1: It is um, because it, from when I did my coaching, I was told 95% of coaches will never make a lot of money. Only the top 5% will make a lot of money. I'm like, Cheers the, money's, the money's nice, but actually I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it to help people you know and as long as I can make a living from helping people that's that's where I want to be so once I've written my book um and I I self-published it on Amazon and then I wrote it in another four languages and I've got more on the go as well so it's in English Spanish Dutch um, French which I haven't got a copy of yet and um, Greek is being translated now Wow. But once, once I'd written my book, that actually helped me to advertise myself as a holistic coach. Um, and that, that really helped push, you know, bring clients to me. Um, and I do, in our village now, I do group coaching sessions, uh, group sessions. So I've got the, the, um, the next session I'm doing is uh, changing a subconscious belief and stress management. Uh, session um and I, I with doing it as groups it gets my name known in the wider audience um i'm actually i've been told i need to set a podcast up by the same friend with gifts who told me i would write a book and it would do really well
0: mm-hmm.
1: so so that's on my list of things to do
0: maybe i can get them on here so they can give me some advice and what like maybe the winning lottery numbers or something like that potentially <laughs> that would be good so did you meet have you met much um because obviously the stigma surrounding holistic health coaches, which to be fair to you, is, is easing now. Um, a friend of mine who's a doctor, um you'll know him if I say his name, but I don't want to keep shoehorning him into my podcast, but he's a very good friend of mine. Um, he's now um looking down the route of um holistic health assessment. Because be it, believe it or not, being a doctor and trying to practice is really hard if you're not in 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 you know the the environment you can't prescribe. You know, you can't do that. They made it so difficult for doctors to practice freelance, if you will, in England. Uh, you can only really practice as your full scope as a doctor if you're working for a trust or a private company. Whereas I know in America, obviously, if you've got your doctor's license, you can set up your own practices. And, you know, it's, it's, they're just a little bit more accommodating for that. Whereas the um, the CQC make it horrendously difficult to to, to to determine whether you're safe to practice or not. But what he said was, is that, he could just give advice and say right i think you've got this so i would go to your doctor and ask for this this and this and this and in the meantime do this and then see how it goes and he's completely fine He'll, they then go to their doctors and say i want you know an mri of this or the blah 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 and um it's not it's actually working okay the only obstruction he's getting is the doctors ordering the procedures that he suggested they have because doctors don't like being told by patients especially what's wrong with them uh, or what to do so there's there's that whole ego battle going on as well which ties into what you've said before with the you know the self-reflecting side of things um ego is a big thing in my mind because I've got a massive ego but I keep it in check all the time and since starting this journey I, I can't remember who it was I spoke to or what it was I read but it was very much the ego is where you need to start because your ego controls how you react to things that you're told how you react to things that you say and just generally how you are as a person what your wants are what your desires are and the reason we're in this mess that we're in today in society is because people can't control their egos.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But your ego is a gateway to your subconscious as well. So you, you, when we're running on autopilot, which is predominantly most of the time, um, we're, we're unconscious of what we're doing. We just do things because that's how we've always done it. And we're in a routine. It's like when you get in the car and drive somewhere and you, you arrive at your destination, you're like, how did I get here? I don't remember getting here. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's so we run on ego and our subconscious as well on autopilot. And our ego is supposed to be our friend and protector, you know. Oh, well, because when when we're children up to the age of seven, everything we see here, everything that happens is stored in our subconscious mind with an emotion that we felt at that time with whatever uh, sensory input we took in with it. um and our ego remembers all of that. So when things happen that it relates to back there, it goes, oh, yeah, you, that really hurt you. So I'm, I, I don't want you to do that. So I'll make you feel this emotion and I'll make you think this way. And it's it's trying to protect us. But actually, it's 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 not really protecting us. It's it's keeping a lid on everything that we need to really take off and, and address what happens. Um, you know we don't have to go back he said she said they did whatever but we have to address that it has happened and then look into changing our belief system as I as I said earlier um, our beliefs are what help us to uh, make our, our choices in life as well and if the belief system if we're still using our parents and key people in our lives when we were younger if we're still using their beliefs they're not really serving us fully in the world that we live in today
0: yeah well there was there was something i've read again and i keep saying this because i'm reading all the time um that most adults today are grown children with unresolved trauma um who are then raising children in, you know without resolving their own childhood trauma so you've got this perpetual sort of cycle of of parents who have got issues that they need to obviously address some are aware of it some have not they then project those insecurities and things onto their children subconsciously, which then results in the children behaving that way. Cause obviously it's all learned behavior, isn't it? A majority of the time from the parents and it just keeps going and going and then circulating down the generations. Um, so, but, and, and this is brilliant. This is brilliant because believe it or not, peeps, I'm quite a deep person. Um, I just keep a lot of it on, uh, you know, under wraps, but ever since my father, uh, his father was a priest my father does a lot with the church I was raised a Catholic because my family's Italian so I'm aware of what it all is but I I kind of the way I've got in my mindset is I don't need that in my life to motivate me to do the things that I think need to be done I don't need God or Christ or whatever but I don't object or have any issues with anybody else needing that I believe in spirituality more yeah. amongst mm-hmm. us as, as, a, as a species um, I believe in karma and, and just generally trying to be a good person and I, I get the mind even if there is a God and I try to be a good person while I'm alive and I go up there and St. Peter's there going, right, let's have a look at what you've done. You know, I've done relatively all right. And he'll go, do you know what? Fair enough. You can come in. So, and I'll be like, you know what? You're real. That's fine. But you know, it's, everyone's got their own motivations and things like that. But for me, it's always been a bit of, are you doing these things because you generally want to, or are you doing it just in case he's watching and he's trying to get some brownie points. Yeah. So, but anyone, that's by the by. So over the last couple of years, Mark, the spirituality side of things and just generally wanting the world to be a nice place and people to be nice to each other because I hate people working in the NHS absolutely makes you hate people but I love people at the same time that's that's the difference and I don't think people appreciate we always see people at their worst when they're poorly and so if they don't get from you what they want then they'll complain and and it can just make the whole experience really difficult so it's just really difficult working with people in general but I do love people but in moderation like alcohol if I have too much it just you know it gives me a headache for a few days but it's been really interesting because I'm quite an angry person or, or not an angry person, but um, I, I have no filter. I say what I feel and I'm much, I'm trying to control that a lot more now to try and allow people to speak first um, because everyone's got different perceptions on, on this whole spirituality thing, but it all, it all promotes the same thing, which is just generally trying to be nice to each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, you know, I, I used to be like yourself, I'd, you know, just say what I thought and with no, um, with no filter, actually, for a long time. Um, and as I've gone through my own healing, I've actually realized that we are all um, the sum total of our life's experiences. Yeah. But, but we're also the sum total of, well, depending which book you read, between 7 and 14 generations back. So any unresolved trauma is passed down through the DNA so, you know, we've not just got our own traumas, we've got ancestral traumas as well um, in, hidden in our DNA. But we can address, I'll say relatively easy because we know our own lives, you know, that we've lived. Um, so we can address our own traumas. Um, and, and I do believe in, in that, you know, these traumas are passed down until somebody, usually a black sheep of the family, goes, actually, no, this stops with me. Um, and as I've done my own healing, I've got two children, um, well, two adults. Um, and, um, a couple of years ago, I actually apologized to both of them for, for the, you know, the way I've raised them because I was running on autopilot and, um, didn't really know what being a mother was all about. I just did what I did because that's what I thought was the right thing to do. But now I've healed myself. I realized that a lot of things that I did maybe shouldn't have done so it was quite humbling to um apologize to myself, but I actually think that um
0: live folks it's fine don't worry don't worry
1: <laughs> but I actually think that I've now helped them to start their own healing journeys and understand more about themselves
0: yeah I think I'm a father of a five-year-old boy. Something I never thought I'd ever be. One married and two a dad. Just because I thought I was self- too selfish to, to to you know be selfless enough that you have to be to be a husband and a, and a father. Uh, I was very wrong. Obviously, they are my my my, my world um, completely now. But what one thing I, I I've always had a gripe with 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 parents that raise children is um, why can't I do that? Because I said so, and that's it. All right. And I, and I always think uh, with my Max, I, I've always said I've always tried to answer the questions. Don't stick that in a plug socket because you electrocute yourself, mate. All right. Uh, what will happen when you electrocute yourself? You'll die. All right. Well, it's a bit harsh, but he's never done it. You know, so it's it's you know, so okay, people don't appreciate sometimes how inquisitive and smart children are. That's why they ask the questions. And it's yeah. your job as a parent to, to answer those questions to the best of your ability to, to, to guide them through life. Yeah. And I think we're doing them a disservice when we don't explain these things to him. Um, to them as as to why we say yes or no to these things. So they don't just think it's us being horrible. And the same goes for your own sort of fears as well. You know, you project those fears onto your kids, which I think is bad because they're gonna develop their own fears and insecurities just through going through life anyway, and they're experiencing So they'll have theirs and yours to deal with. Um, So if I was scared of spiders, for example, I would not show it to, to Max because I don't want him to be scared of it because of me if he gets a tarantula on his face, fair enough, you know? So, uh, so that's been an interesting journey for me with, with regards to that. Um, but, so how long did it take, roughly, for you to heal yourself?
1: Oh, it was a few years. Right. Um, because, you know, I, I, the, the depression took me probably a couple of years because in with the depression, um, my thyroid became underactive. And um, and then I burnt out my adrenal glands, um, which which dropped my blood pressure to like eighty over forty, and it was there for years and years. I'm like, well, I'm just super healthy, right? Eighty over forty.
0: <laughs> don't stand up.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, don't stand up quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So that that actually took a couple of years, um, and then I've had other things that have come and gone. Um, you know, the the um, uh, the head pain. Um, which was so debilitating. My family actually talked me into going to the doctor, and they said, here's some really strong tablets that if you take them for six months, they'll kill your kidneys. Um, So, like, and I tried them, but you know what? I was a few days into trying them. I'm like, these are just literally just taking the edge off it. They're not doing anything. Um, And so I went to a chiropractor. I'm like, I've got this severe head pain and I literally all I can do is crawl out of bed crawl down the stairs lay on the sofa and that's it all day don't want to speak don't want to eat don't want to open my eyes nothing um but I managed to get to him and he'd actually written a research paper and said this type of head pain which was like a, a band across the top of my head is coming from your shoulders have you ever had whiplash yeah just once or twice he went well let's deal with it and and through a, a series of about six manipulations, he totally resolved my headaches. They, uh, they totally went, um, and I took no more painkillers. I've not taken pharmaceuticals since. Well, there you go. So you know, there's, there's, um, we we can do for ourselves, um, but we just need to to think outside
0: that box. Do you think there's been so much hidden? from us with regards to self-healing and all that, because I, I, so there's a, there's a passage in the Bible where someone goes into a tent and sees Jesus sort of glowing and raised and, and sort of hovering. And some people have associated that back to him, unlocking all of his chakras, which is something completely different, you know, but when there's, when you look at sort of Jesus outside the Bible, what he, there's there's these gospels called the Q gospels allegedly, which are actual Jesus speaking, uh, and he's completely different than what he has been depicted in the Bible. Very much so. He's very much, if someone slaps you, give him the other cheek. If someone steals your jacket, give him your jumper. You know, it's very, very, he's just a guy. it's Jesus of Nazareth, just, just a normal guy. <clears throat> um, but so I wonder if if the key to, to like healing spirituality was was much more um, inwards, if that makes yeah. sense, rather than, you know, projecting yeah. upwards to the sky. Because obviously the power of Christ is inside you. He was not a very good uh, advocate of churches it was all inside you you know so maybe that that's that's what it was all about trying to get you to um this is brilliant sort of stuff man so i i I think this stuff is fascinating i could sit and talk about this all day long because um once you start going down these i don't like to say rabbit holes but but anyway do you think we've had a lot of stuff kind of hidden from us in regards to self-healing and everything since pharmaceutical companies have got involved
1: yeah when you look at how was it the Rockefellers took over um yeah. medicine um because before that was all holistic um and then it became the petro pharma companies um so yes i think um but also when you look at doctors training it's sponsored by pharmaceuticals and um medical equipment companies so it's kind of really biased and i think yeah. that the, i follow quite a few holistic and integrative doctors um and doctors who've trained to be doctors and then stepped outside the box and they've paid for their own training to do holistic integrative naturopathy um type training and to to get that understanding but yeah i think um i think when you go to a doctor he will diagnose a give you a diagnosis based on your symptoms and then he will quite often give you a tablet that goes with that diagnosis Uh, it's very rare there are some but it's very rare that a doctor would say so you need to go and exercise more, you need to, you know, improve your sleeping, you need to reduce your alcohol, you need to eat better foods, you need to um go, go and do some inner work. Um and and you know, and, and when we talk about spirituality, um it's not always about um God the divine, it because it's you know there's a different separate spirituality from religion, um, because a lot of people think it's about religion. It's not, it's about whatever you want to call it it's about your inner self it's about your higher self it's about the universe it's about the energy call it whatever you want but spiritual healing is about a connection to that whatever name you want to give it so it doesn't have to be religious but it can if you want it to be um because i don't a lot of people get stuck on well I'm, i don't go to church and I don't believe in god well that's fine you don't have to but you have to tap into your body wisdom or your higher self or the universe or the energies, whatever you want to call it. You need to find a connection with that. Um, and just to come back to your, um, the healing, it's about your belief in your abilities to heal. If you believe you can self-heal, you will self-heal. If you said, well, the doctor gave me this diagnosis 20 years ago and uh, of fibromyalgia, and I've been on all these tablets and I've lived with it for 20 years, then what you're saying to me is that you don't believe you can heal because the doctor's giving you the diagnosis. And I don't think doctors realise the power that they have over people because people put them on a pedestal uh, with white coat syndrome. They're a person of authority. And the, the, so if the doctor said, I've got this, I've got this, and I can't heal it because the doctor said. But actually, that was one of the reasons I wrote my book. Look, these people have healed it. And they've all done something a little bit different, but along the similar veins. So so my, my talk to you is about if you want to self-heal it, you can self-heal it, but we need to work on your belief system, where it's come from, why you believe that, and how we can change it so that you can heal yourself. But you have to tap inside to that belief within yourself. Because when we cut ourselves, we don't go to the doctor and say, I've cut myself, make it heal. We heal that. But even with a pharmaceutical or a hospital, when we we take a pharmaceutical, it might assist in the healing process by reducing the symptoms. Or we go to the hospital and they cut bits out or they do something. But ultimately, it's us and our body that's doing the healing. Nobody else is doing the healing for us. We are doing that ourselves.
0: I I mean, you're right in what you're saying. And I've worked in doctor surgeries before, so I'm a specialist paramedic by trade. So uh, I did a lot of work in primary care um, before I left the NHS. So work, see and treat, telephone triage, (coughs) home visits and things, like a cheap doctor essentially. But what I found... If a doctor, if a patient came in and the doctor said your blood pressure is quite high, what's your diet like? What's your exercise routine like? And they told him, and then the doctor goes, "Here, here's a here's a five day training program for you to go away and start doing some training, uh, and some you know exercise." I don't think the patient would be happy with that, and that's the problem we've got. We've created this kind of mentality that unless there's a tablet, I can't get better. So. We've got two two prongs of attack here. We've got a fight against the, the the mindset of this popular populie essentially because that's what they've been sort of programmed to be like, mm. and and the pharmaceutical and doctors as well. So it's it, it's not easy what you're doing at all. Have you met much resistance from people uh, from the pharmaceutical side? You know, have you had, have you had any trolls? Would you say I've
1: had some? I've had my fair share. Yeah, mm. yeah, and some of the the posts that I put out. Um, it's like, well, I don't want to change my diet and my lifestyle. I'm quite happy with this diet and lifestyle. I just want a pill to stop this acid reflux. So, you know, people like that won't be my clients because they they don't want to change. Um, And when I'm working with clients, it's like, well, you know, I can work with you, but I need to know that you're committed to your healing because I'm not going to tell you that you can just take a pill and everything's going to be okay. We're going to do some deep and meaningful work. But once you heal this inner child, this, this emotional trauma, and you make changes to your lifestyle, you absolutely can live a different life, you know, a healthier life. As, as, as I put on my, my uh, website, your, your symptoms are preventing you from living your best life.
0: Yeah. And it's and it's when...
1: Sorry, taking no. a pill will only ameliorate your symptoms, it won't heal it. So if you do all the healing work, you can live your best life. Hmm.
0: And I think we just need to give people the confidence that they can do that. And I think there's an experiment that was done and where they did, they play, uh, it was with water crystals. I think it was. And they, they, they subjected one lot of water to happy stuff and one lot of water to sad stuff. And it was completely different shapes and images and patterns and all this kind of stuff. And they were trying to say that there's a, there's a correlation between it. It got lots of criticism, but that, that, if, if it even if slightly amount of it's true, if your negative thoughts and your body in itself, you know, you're controlling that, then yeah. you put that negative energy in your body. So you're going to get negative energy back. Um, so it's it's so i read somewhere else as well that we are a universe, a person. You are God, but of your own universe inside your body, all your cells and all these other bits and pieces are like the people on planet Earth which is why there's such a similarity between the irises of our eyes and nebulas in space and, you know, all this sort of stuff. So you are the only one who can control the universe being God. Uh, you know, so what you put in it, how you do it, how you reflect, how your energies are and all that will reflect on the rest of the universe because you are essentially God of your, own, of your own person. But it's just getting people's mindsets into that uh, because it seems a bit too kumbayari for people to get their head around, doesn't it? Yeah. And I want to say to them, Okay, so did you think Jesus went to see the doctor right back in the day with the bad knees and he went, here, take this. It, it wouldn't have been, you know, there would have there would have been remedies. There would have been things to have done. And, you know, how, how did we survive through life? So what advice? Okay, a couple more questions because God, time's running away from us, but this is great. A couple of questions. If people were just kind of dipping their toe into like holistic health and heat and self-healing and everything else, meditation aside, what advice would you give people looking into it And, uh, you know, where would you get them to start and how would you get them to to sort of like, you know, take a little bite of the cake to see whether they want to get into it or not?
1: I think the biggest thing most people can do is understand stress and do what they can to reduce it. Because stress causes so many diseases and stress. Stress isn't a tangible thing. Stress is our reaction to external factors, So once we understand that it's our reaction, the stress is within us because it's coming from a reaction to something. So if we can learn to understand that something better or control our reactions to it or or understand that person is the sum total of their own life experiences, because a lot of people cause us stress, once we can reduce our emotional response, to people and things and reduce the distress levels that we've previously felt that will have a massive positive impact on health and healing but just even simple things like staying hydrated eating a well-balanced uh, nutritious diet walking is a great and underrated exercise you know you don't need to go to a gym just walk just get out in the fresh air and walk and be mindful you know you know what's what's around you at any one time you can you can be mindful do a mindfulness meditation in a supermarket queue you know you stood there with your trolley who's around you what's the temperature what can you feel what can you smell you can just be in that moment so take more moments in life because life only ever brings us moments with there's only ever this moment right here right now the past is gone we can't change it and the future hasn't come and when it comes It will just be another moment like this here, right here, right now. So be in those moments. And it's never the big things. It's always the little things. You know, show gratitude for all the little things like today. The sky's blue. The cicadas are making a noise. The sun's out. Just be grateful for the little things. Yeah, You know, a phone call with family, a text message with a friend, a coffee, a really good cup of coffee and a five-minute sit-down. Just really appreciate those little moments
0: it's so basic isn't it when you, when, it you know really it really basic. is yeah
1: yeah
0: nice but reducing
1: much. stress is a massive massive thing and it will have a huge impact in many many different ways
0: do you think and, and i've i've often thought this so when when, when i got when i see patients before the, the sometimes the the patients that had the more ailments and were the, were the most sick were the most negative as well at the same time and no matter what plan of action you would try and say to them, there'd always be a reason or an excuse for them not to be able to do that specific thing. And I had to say to them sometimes, look, Doreen, if you're not going to try and at least mentally try and change something, how do you expect anything to change? If you're always going to put obstacles in the way so that you just stay as you are, you're never going to change. Um, and and they, they, sometimes they, they just can't see that, they are the cause of a lot of their own problems, bless them. Yeah. Um, so I wonder, it'd be, it'd be great to do an experiment to see how much stress people carry around with them. It, is external stress or or stress that they've created themselves that they believe to be external stress, but it's actually stress that they're creating themselves, yeah. if you will. Um, because working in the NHS is, I'm sure you can appreciate some of the stuff you see. When you walk through the door at home, you just have to kind of switch off and leave that at the door. Otherwise, it will spill into your family life. You know, you get so you have to have a moment when you you, you kind of cut it all off. <clears throat> so you have to be able to control that aspect of your emotions. Uh, and some people can do it, and some people can't. It comes over time. So I just wonder. We've we've all been we've not had it easy, have we? Really? We you know we got bad food. It's really difficult to eat healthily. We've got doctors that know very little about nutrition and and how to give us give us actual proper decent health advice um you know the food's rubbish you know the medication's bad it's like we're we're in a bit of a mess aren't we really
1: yeah but i think actually we're at a turning point as well
0: yeah i think more and
1: more people are looking outside of the medical model into what they can do for themselves so if if we can all take back responsibility for our health Because our health is our responsibility. So why, you know, why have I got this symptom? What can I do in my life, my lifestyle, to improve the symptoms that I'm showing, but just to actually help me to become more healthier?
0: I mean, it's amazing what a two year pandemic uh, will do to completely lose the trust in the NHS. I mean I've had people accuse me of knowing things you know you know I'm I'm knowing everything you know you know we, we know what's going on inside the NHS we know it's all this we know it's all and you want to laugh and just go hey I mate, I know probably less than you do about what's going on um and and this that and the other but there's there's such distrust now in the NHS for everybody you know you're working for the enemy doctors nurses all up and down the chain whereas before you know obviously everyone was clapping for us so it's completely polarized now where it's almost the opposite way where people are not wanting to go to see their doctor. They can't see their doctor, even if they want to, yeah. they don't want to go to hospital because they're scared of coming out with something or, you know, this, so the only alternative they've got now is to do it themselves. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a bit of a happy accident what's happened, isn't it really? No.
1: Nice.
0: <laughs> so, uh, well, listen, tell me about the course that you've got going on that you're brewing up please because that's uh, that would be a great thing for people to sort of hear
1: so i wrote a course called heal yourself at home and it was a 10 module course uh, and on my old website but actually as i've grown more and evolved more um i've expanded that more because there's so many aspects and elements to natural self-healing that it's now a 20 module course um, I'm in the process of finishing it off and I will make it available on a website called Teachable. Um, but if people want to um, access my course, if they want to sign up onto my uh, website as a wait list, uh, I will give them from this podcast 25% discount on the course of my on the price of my course through Teachables. Um, and I'm rebranding myself. And this is the first time um, my website will be in the public domain. So my new name is Sarah Dawkins Essential Health. Um, it's a registered business in the UK. And my website is um, https uh, sorry, sd for my initial, Sarah Dawkins, essentialhealth.com um and there's details of my new course that uh will be put on teachables but if you want to subscribe through my website i will give you 25 percent off um for watching this podcast
0: oh look at that there we go nothing like a bit of bribery eh? <laughs> well if you send me all those de- details and i'll put them in the in the youtube description as well and on the audio podcast so people can just click on it and go straight straight through there anyway um, let me just see through the notes here. Uh, cause am continuously taking notes cause I forget because <laughs> my brain works too fast. <laughs> uh, blah, blah, blah. People start. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I've pretty much asked you everything. <clears throat> We're coming on to the hour mark now as anyway. So <clears throat> is there anything else you want to say to everybody out there? Now's your chance. You have the floor.
1: Oh, thank you for listening. First and foremost, thank you for uh, joining right. us. Um, and If I can help you in any way, you've got any questions, please reach out to me. But healing really is simple. It is absolutely watching what you eat, watching what you do, looking at how you react, understanding your belief systems, having that connection with yourself and other people is very important. Um, Setting boundaries so that you can put yourself first um, to protect yourself. And you absolutely can heal you need to be not just believe in the ability to heal. You need to believe in your own belief that you can heal. But I believe you can.
0: Um, I believe it too. I really, I genuinely do believe it. I think we've just our job is to try and convince other people that they can. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think that's always been our job. It's to guide th- people through what's happening over the last couple of years, and then coming out the other side. Is, is guiding them to say actually there is ways we can do stuff if we all pull resources humans are fantastic people when we come together to do things we can do anything um yeah. we just need to be given the right thing well sarah i thank you so much for your time today i'm definitely going to have you on again uh a bit, bit further on down the line um so we can catch up and see where you get into hopefully there'll be another book on the way is there another book on the way
1: at the minute no i'm concentrating on the um on my course to get that finished and uploaded um yeah. but uh but, i mean who knows what the future is going to bring um the same friend that told me i would write this book told me i would open clinics all over the world in my name so
0: well,
1: after I taking to big of there, i've just put that out to the universe and it will uh-huh. be what it will be
0: <laughs> well you, you, you see you see well, the universe gives back in certain ways doesn't it so yes uh, well, everybody, you can. Um, I've got the details of, of Sarah, so I'll put that all in the YouTube link. Uh, I just want to thank everybody for listening. I'm going to get you on again. But thank you, Sarah, for your time today. I'm going to let you go. Enjoy the sunshine in Spain. I'm jealous.
1: It's hot there, Matt. Hot. Really
0: yeah. hot. <laughs> That's such an English thing to say, isn't it? Oh, it's too hot. It's too hot. It's too hot. Too <laughs> hot. <laughs> Yeah. listen all the best thank you so much for your time today obviously Sarah's books on Amazon as well she's strategically placed it behind her there which is brilliant um and obviously the course as well I'd have a brief look on the website as well it looks like it's a good course as well um if I had the time I would do something like that but um other people can but good luck with everything and thank you so much I'm gonna let you go now be good all right And don't stay out of trouble is what I like to say as well. (laughs) All right, Sarah, take care. All right. Thanks.